Welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, here to equip a man of God for every good work. And we're talking about GMO Ray Salmon in just a moment, but, Bill, it's a brave new world. Now, here's my question for you. Before you get to H.E. Wells, animal-human hybrids, cloning, three-parent children... Oh, wait. Three-parent children's already happened. Yeah. But before you get to the brave new world, you think two guys, two Christians, should be talking about this in a basement somewhere in... Colorado, for example. Well, better talking about it now in your basement than having to have this discussion while we're hanging in a meat locker. Okay. Soylent Green. <laughs> Soylent Green. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, th- you mentioned Brave New World, Soylent Green. There's there's a famous story by H.G. Wells back published back in 1896 called The Island of Dr. Moreau. And uh, a shipwrecked person is rescued and discovers on this unusual island that the doctor has has created human-like hybrid beings from animals by a vivisection. Yeah. And so it deals with a number of themes. And this is what we're going to be dealing with on this show, and that is it's pain and cruelty, moral responsibility, human identity, what makes one human, human interference with nature, which is what you're talking about with GMO meat, and the effects of trauma in nature. And all that is up for grabs if you don't believe in God. Exactly. And you haven't received Genesis 1 to 3. It's uh, interesting. And, that, and that's yeah. where we are today. Let's face yeah. it. That's where we are. H. It's G. totally Wells. up for grabs yeah. for every, almost every genetic biologist in America today. Uh, you know, the, As far as they're concerned, we have evolved out of the cosmic slime. And Frankensteins are doing everything they want to do in those laboratories. And nothing will stop them now. We can, we can become God. We can play God. And it's interesting because Wells described his story as, quote, an exercise in youthful blasphemy. Ouch. Isn't that amazing? Which is because effectively ex- what's happening right it's now. What ha- it's what is happening. We are playing God, and we are, we are saying we can control nature. I mean, it goes from the whole climate situation, the climate crisis, down to what you consume. Should pastors be talking about cloning? Should they be talking about three-parent children? Should they be talking about snowflake children, snowflake manufacturing? Should they be, I don't know, leading society or just following society, being led by the nose by every evolutionist and every humanist scientist out there? Should we be cultural warriors? Or or should we just kind of let the whole thing run over us? As you know, I, I, I do zoo tours, and I take people through looking at different animals, looking at the uniqueness and the design of God's creation. And one of my favorites is the giraffe. The giraffe can be up to 18 feet tall, but he is able to spot a man on a plane a mile and a half away. He has that kind of vision. Oh, man. Now, other animals like antelope love to hang around the giraffe. You know why? Why? Because when the giraffe move, they they move move. because they recognize that he can Uh spot danger farther away than they can. Okay. We Christians should be like that giraffe. We have God's word, which gives us the perspective that is further than the end of our nose. We see further down the road in history, in culture, than those around us. Non-Christians should be hanging around, wanting to hang around us Christians, because we have God's perspective on these issues. 
So that's a long way around saying, answering your question, but should pastors be addressing these issues? Absolutely, because we should be thinking God's thoughts after him on all of these things. And we need to get down to the basic issues, and that is the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And when that does not exist in the universities and the laboratories and has not existed for a hundred years, you're probably going to have a brave new world. Frankenstein's going to be out of control, completely out of control. And we broke the news on GMO salmon about, what, a year and a half, two years ago? I'm going to let you know where things are now. Upwards of 4% of the market of salmon sold in America for your consumption this year. Okay? GMO salmon, the weird stuff. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son. Can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today. And we are back on the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson here with you. I encourage you to read my story of the rise and fall of Western science in the book Epoch. I think my favorite chapter, only because we see the rise of a useful science and the utter decline and collapse of Western science, which is going on right now. No question in my mind it's happening right now. Now, one of the things that marks modern science, of course, is the lack of the fear of God. There's no fear of God. They'll tell you that we absolutely have no fear of God here which is just the opposite of, you know, Newton and Boyle and Faraday and every other scientist that did anything useful in the history of science were God-fearing men. There's no question about that. And you can read the story in Epoch, The Rise and Fall of Western Science. But, uh, but modern science, there's no fear of God before their eyes. They will tell you they do not fear God. They'll tell you that from the outset, okay? That's a given. That's the first proposition. We don't fear God. And then secondly, Bill, there's pride, hubris, arrogance in the scientific community, unlike anything we've ever seen, overcompensating for the new invention. Take, for example, the first time the mRNA shot was used okay, for COVID-19, right? mRNA shot. Remember that? About two years ago, you should remember. Yep. Okay. They've attempted that. They, they experimented. Instead of proving it out over a period of five or six years and looking at long-term effects of the shot, they just rushed to manufacture on this thing and, and tested it out on 6 billion people. Good thing it turned out so well. <laughs> right? I mean, that's not It's all turned out really well, right? We've yeah. got long-term effects of this thing uh, all, all figured out. Right. Do you really think the pride of modern man is going to do anything but produce a tremendous fall? It's much like the Tower of Babel, is it not? 
I think so. Yeah. Much much like the Tower of Babel. Tell we me, what's, what's, we, what, we what can, is this? We can ascend to the, the heavens. We can become God. It is this first lie with which Satan deceived Eve. You shall be as gods. gods. And you shall not, what? Die. Mm-hmm. Surely you shall not die. Well, that's what the COVID-19 shot was all about. We've had a fair number of deaths these days. No, I think okay, we're not going to go there. 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 All right. Well, let's let's hit this other very wonderful new breakthrough and scientific discovery. It's uh, the application of genetic engineering in the area of well, food, meat, salmon. We broke this news what two years ago. The first time that this organization has let loose this uh, GMO salmon upon the world, and it was an Indiana farm. It's happening in America. Hmm. Okay, this is the first time in history, as far as I know, that an animal has been GMO modified and then let loose upon human diet. So this is new. This is new. This is Frankenstein doing what Frankenstein does best. And there's a Northeast Indiana farm. I don't know if anybody's living in Northeast Indiana, but you've got a farm up there raising 1,200 metric tons of salmon, about 2.5 million pounds per year right now. First harvest was uh, second quarter 2021. So wow. what is that? That's what, 18 months ago? Yeah. Okay, they got a second, uh, they got something in Canada, Prince Edward Island, and uh, Aqua Bounty is now building a 10,000 metric ton farm in Pioneer, Ohio. I don't know if any of our listeners are anywhere near uh, this place, but it would be odd to live there. Yeah. In, just... in Pioneer, Ohio, where this uh, very strange experiment is going on. Now, that's that's a uh, lot of salmon. They're going to be producing 20 million pounds of GMO salmon, which puts you near 3 to 4% of the American salmon consumption will be GMO. Now, is it marked Genetically modified. I don't think so. From my understanding is it will not be marked. Wow. So you don't know if you're going to get it or not. Um. And the one distributor I know of is Samuels and Sons. They picked up the line. But uh, but now this, lab-grown meat is soon to be on the market in the United States. As early as this year, Singapore has been selling the fake meat since 2021. What they do is they take a few cells from rare, real meat. They're supposed to be meat where they didn't kill an animal. They just took some of its cells, and they put it into their laboratory, submitted the cells to intense anabolic growth hormones, what, what do we know about growth hormones and the use of growth hormones on live animals? What, you know, ac- accelerating the growth of meat. What, what do we know about this? Well, it was, it's banned in, in athletes. Oh, is it? Yeah. You can't, okay. you can't have that well, growth hormone in, in athletes and compete professionally. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's a sin to eat GMO meats and I wouldn't say it's a sin necessarily to take this, but. You know what? The science that's put into this is highly suspect. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. It reminds me of the the old story about the guy who who uh, had a flat tire near the farm, and the he goes and asks the farmer for help. And as he's he's getting his tire changed, he notices a, a three legged pig over there. And uh, so he asks the farmer. He says, "What's with the three legged pig? You know, he's got a wooden leg." And the farmer said, "Well, that pig saved my life." He said, the house caught on fire and that pig came in and saved my life. He said, well, that's amazing. He said, he squealed and, and he alerted us and, and we were able to be saved from the fire. Pigs are he pretty said, smart. Yeah, yeah, pigs are pretty smart. He said, but that doesn't account for him being a three-legged pig. Why is he a three-legged pig? 
was his leg lost in the fire? He said, no, 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 he got out okay. Well, why is he a three-legged pig? He said, well, you, you, you don't eat a pig like that all at once. I'm not sure that's uh, <laughs> so compassionate for the pig. I no, wouldn't say that's compassion. But what you're saying is they're taking a slice of the pig and then artificially reproducing another slab of meat. Is that what you're telling me? That's what's happening. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, they're taking the leg and they're growing meat out of it. Uh, brand new technologies are not developed. The fear of God should be highly suspect, friends. That's all I'm saying. The scientists may be very smart, but if they don't fear God, to me, that's an issue. That's an issue. And moreover, you know, you need to prove things out, Bill. And you, it takes a while before you understand the long-term effects of the sorts of things that you're using. Yeah, just because you can do something scientifically doesn't mean you should. So two issues that are of concern. When you have a society that's uh, completely rooted in the lack of the fear of God, and then you've got another issue here, and that is greed. If greed has become a chief motivator in developing technology versus obedience to God and dominion, then the product should be highly suspect. And here's one of the reasons. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, if the root is greed in American economics, then you can bet there will be evil at the end of it. And you see this with the, the way in which the stock market has run for the last roughly 10 to 15 years. The stock market has run almost on pure greed. Why do I say that? Because people don't want dividends. They want immediate uh, increase on capital. That's all they want. They're not interested in the uh, P to E. They're not interested in the price-to-earnings ratio. The entire market has been just utterly drunk on their greed, and they want an instant increase in the value of their money, and so you get something that has no value whatsoever or very little value, as in case of Google or Facebook, and suddenly they're worth you know $500 billion as an organization, but really they're not worth that much. They're only worth that much because all the lemmings went out, not because they've got a decent dividend, not because they're doing a decent product, not because they're taking decent dominion, but only because they believe that the other lemmings will continue to jump back in until the music stops. In the case of musical chairs, so did this did this uh, happen like this in somewhere in the twenties or something? Like yeah, that? I would say I would say somewhere between nineteen twenty five and nineteen twenty nine. There must have been something somewhat like that. But yeah. the point is that that when you have a society that is utterly consumed with greed and the lack of the fear of God, Bill, I I just have a sense that we're cruising for a bruising as a society. I'm not just talking about economy; I'm talking about science right, too here. Right, and, and I agree. God is not going to be mocked, and you are not going to challenge him for control of his throne. Leviticus 19.19 says, You shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your cattle breed with another kind. You shall not sow your field with mixed seed. Now, I bring this uh, passage in because it's one of the most curious passages in Scripture. Now, there are a few passages in Scripture where we step back and we say, I'm just not sure what what's being said there. And there are a couple of these, you know, and there's some significant debate about it. Now, what the point I want to make is that this does not appear to be a cleanliness law, like the menstruation laws, the laws forbidding the touching of dead bodies. It's not a ceremonial law. It's not a law relating to sacrificing animals to God as they did in the Old Testament. Okay, so it's a very unusual law. Now, what does it forbid? It forbids the crossbreeding of men and animals, uh, playing around with genetics. That's what it forbids. That's the island of Dr. Moreau. It is. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's forbidding the kind of thing Moreau is going to do. The use of the human body or animals or anything else that counters the creator's intentions should be highly suspect. 
For example, uh, here's an example the UK Telegraph brought out a few years ago. Genetically modified cows are producing human milk now. Now, that, can you just say that's just weird? I, I, can you just say that? I, I, that's just weird. That is just weird. Thank you. I was hoping somebody would say that. That is, that is bizarre. That's just bizarre. I know. It's crazy. It's just crazy. And so, friends, I can give you many examples of this. But I think what we're finding is that the Word of God, the Word of God is here to equip the man of God for every good work. And I do think, Bill, there are points at time in which we need to blow the dust off the Word, open it up, and see what the Word of God said. It now, would friends, be wise if we started there. Friends, I think it's time for Christians to wake up on this one. It's time to apply relevant biblical principles to these sorts of things. There are questionable scientific jobs out there, okay? Christian college grads, don't submit your application to Frankenstein's Laboratory Experiments Incorporated. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you just got your biological degree or something. You know, you got a PhD in genetic engineering, okay? And you're, you're thinking to yourself, hmm, Frankenstein's Laboratory Experiments Incorporated. Hmm. No, don't What do you so. think? Dr. Moreau's Experiments for the Betterment of Mankind Incorporated. You're thinking to yourself, what are you thinking to yourself? Mm. Maybe pass over that one. Huh? Yeah. Stem cell research using aborted fetuses. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think these uh, college grads should sign right up for that? Mm. See, just getting a degree in that field mm-hmm. is, is, is suspect. Very much suspect, yeah. yes. Uh, Christian college grads, be careful. Aborted fetuses used to test vaccines in your labs. The production of snowflake children business. <laughs> Ooh. On the one hand, friends, I, I, I'm saying we're not going to split churches over who buys GMO salmon. No. Not going to do that. But I do think those who do science and produce certain products bear the greater responsibility. That's what I'm saying here. And, and there's a lot of people who are not going to know whether they bought this salmon or that salmon down at the shambles. Are you with me? All right. There's just a lot of people just getting, they're buying salmon. They have no idea where it came from. Especially if it's not marked. They, right. You know, they're, most not people know. Don't they're not going to have control it. over this. But friends, I'm saying that those who produce it have a responsibility to God on this. And the Bible does forbid certain forms of genetic engineering. The Bible actually also forbids weird sex modification surgeries. Okay? That, that would be a gross violation of Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. Yeah. A man should not put on a woman's garment. Arguing from lesser to greater means that, no, no, you can't be a doctor doing sex modification surgeries. You can't do that and be a Christian. There are certain projects that Dr. Jekyll should be careful not to play with. And the scientists will walk over certain lines and they will be more culpable than the people who have bought, buy the food at the grocery stores. That's all I'm saying. And uh, I, I think we do need to be careful, though, as Christians, that we check the label, be concerned about health issues, now, I've said this before. If you want to be a guinea pig and you want to try out this shot that's uh, mRNA, what's, whatever it is, and I think you have the liberty to do that. But I do think we also, as Christians, should be careful that we don't violate the Sixth Commandment and kill ourselves by drinking poison or taking risks with our bodies that we should not take. Does that make sense, Bill? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you eat GMO designed salmon? I mean, would you do that? That's a good question. I hadn't really thought through that. I would prefer not. But again, why? If, if Why? You, uh, because, because there's it, a risk. Involved. There's a risk involved, and 
But if you're if you're telling me that it's not marked on the shelves, then how am I going to know? And it, it it is eerily reminiscent of that that seventies. I think it was a seventies movie with Charlton Heston and Edward G. Robinson, Soylent Green, mm-hmm. where the Earth is overpopulated. They're running out of food and meat is not available, and so everybody gets this this little wafer every meal, and it's Soylent Green, it's supposed to be nutrition rich. And of course, at the end of the movie, you're encouraged, by the way, to, to, when you get old or you get ill, to become, to euthanize yourself. And they have state euthanization centers. And, and it's a very drab, bleak dystopia. But at the end of the movie, you discover that all those people who are being voluntarily euthanized become soylent green. So the last line of the movie is, they're eating people. Yeah. And we become cannibalistic. Mm-hmm. We consume ourselves. Friends, uh, what I'm saying is that uh, we need to embrace the commandments of God. And if you've got a sense that there's potential or probable violations of biblical law, if you have a sense that the entire institution is, uh, is corrupted, if you have a sense that the fear of God as the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is not respected by this system, then you need to be highly suspect of the product, the service, whatever they're doing, and pull back from it. I can just see that Christians could be taken by the Nazi doctor, by the Frankensteinian scientist, if they are not rooted and grounded in a fear of God and an appreciation of his commandments. Uh, Friends, we are approaching a brave new world. And whether or not this is going to be some beastly state that imposes some horrible things upon us, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that we need to be sure that we are applying the law of God, the commandments of God, as a standard of righteousness and holding each other accountable for this within the church communities. This is Kevin Swanson. I encourage you to epoch the rise and fall of the West, especially that one chapter, the rise and fall of Western science. Very interesting, very good stuff. I mean, just a lot of research that we've done. And we put it into a single chapter. It's a part of the book Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, which, by the way, has a new foreword written by Dr. John MacArthur, now available. You can read the new foreword for the book at our website, generations.org. Go to the site, find the book Epoch, and right there you've got the foreword. Read it and uh, and get a copy for you, for yourself, for your kids, for your grandkids. It's a good way to introduce a biblical worldview by way of history For your children and for your grandchildren, the book is Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, available at Generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.